He's a deputy. During a routine run-of-the-mill traffic stop, he was shot suddenly multiple times, including in the face. He's here to tell us about the incident and his long road of recovery. Welcome to the Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. For the latest news articles and much more, check out our website, letradioshow.com. In the Law Enforcement Today show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, first responders, their families, their community, and victims of horrendous crimes. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Our page is Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Check out the daily articles on our website, letradioshow.com. And while you're there, download our free app. Of all the radio stations in the United States, there's only one show like ours, the Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. And on Facebook, there's only one official page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. That's Law Enforcement Today Radio Show on Facebook. When you get there, click like and follow. Contacts from Florida. We have Deputy Troy Anderson on the phone. Deputy Anderson is on medical leave from a sheriff's department in Florida. We're not going to say the name of the agency. He's still active duty. And this is not because we're going to say anything bad about the agency. It's not that at all. It's simply because law enforcement officers, active duty, quite often are not allowed to talk anywhere in the media unless it's a public information officer. So just to avoid unnecessary heat, we won't say what agency. Uh, Deputy Anderson, it's a pleasure to have you here. And I'm calling you Troy from here on out. Is that okay? Yeah, that's perfect. And by the way, thank you for your service. Very much appreciated. Oh, very much. Thank you. Troy had the extreme misfortune of a car stop, which we've all done, and he wound up being shot multiple times, and he's going to tell his story. First of all, I feel honored, and it's kind of a miracle, considering that you were shot in the face, that we're even able to have this conversation. It's a testament to the medical staff. It's a testament to God or Mother Nature, whatever higher power people want to believe in. Uh, you cannot deny that you're a walking, talking miracle. That is true. I, I, I hear that every day from multiple people that I meet just you know, on day-to-day life who hear the story and kind of ask what happened. Uh, uh, like you said, whatever you know, higher power it may be, you know, they, they looked out for me and all you can do is be thankful when you're in the spot like me. I'm sure sometimes it's not easy for you to recall that. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. I do want to th- just get right into, and by the way, I want to let people know there's no way of sugarcoating this conversation. We can't make it sweet. Deputy Anderson, yeah. stop the vehicle. We'll talk about that in a moment. And the worst case scenario happened. Take us back to that. And by the way, it was only like February of 2022, wasn't it? Yeah, it's fe- February 22nd of uh, 22. And here you are talking, uh, and we will talk about your recovery a little bit later on. Take us back okay. to that day. It was uh, pretty much a normal day for me. I work uh, a very rural county that's uh, quiet. Not a lot happens, and I work a... Uh, a, a specific zone in my county. Our, our zone, our, our county is split, split into two zones, uh, a north and a south, south being uh, mostly uh, unincorporated towns uh, and stuff like that on the coast. Uh, 
we have a major highway that comes through. And so what I do specifically uh, is drug interdiction work with my canine partner on the, uh, the major highway. Uh, pretty much made a traffic stop. It was, you know, average night, saw a car go by, not much traffic, saw a car go by, had a tag light out. You know, 9 o'clock at night, dinner. So I put my pizza down, pulled out, uh, followed him for a little bit, uh, got the tag, got all the information, ran it. And uh, that's that's when I initiated the traffic stop. And as, as, I, as I stopped the guy, uh, he was real fidgety in the car, which most, you know, most people get nervous. It's not uncommon to see. I get nervous uh, being stopped by the police, and I'm retired police. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm the same way. Every, every time a trooper gets around me, I get all nervous. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, so I uh, grab a flashlight, step out of my vehicle, uh, and I, I don't remember the time uh, specific. I mean, we're talking, this is a 10 to 15 second time frame that this all happens in from the time I get out of my car to the time I get shot. <clears throat> so I grab my flashlight uh, in my left hand, my off gun hand, of course. Uh, and as I walk up to the vehicle, I'm, bladed up against the vehicle, you know, trying to do everything that I always do to keep myself safe, uh, you know, staying behind the B pillar and whatnot. Uh, and so as, as I turn my flashlight on, I don't even get the words, how are you doing tonight out? Uh, and he reaches from between his legs with a, uh, a nine millimeter, semi-auto nine millimeter and turns and puts it over his left shoulder and just starts firing. And I, I, I uh, took the first round into my hand. It went in the side of my hand, <clears throat> knocked the flashlight out of my hand. And as I was turning, <clears throat> I took one to the to the vest. And then as he shot again, I took uh, one. It went through my upper lip on the left side, just under my nose. Uh, went through all my teeth, uh, part of my tongue, and hit my jawbone uh, and completely completely obliterated my jawbone and then exited It actually exited the back of my neck just below uh, my ear. And uh, at that point it was kind of a, uh, <clears throat> kind of a shock. It wasn't a, uh, uh, I guess one of those moments where, you know, you're all, oh, I'm going to die. It wasn't like that at all. It was one of those, okay, I've got to go into, you know, critical thinking mode at this point. And uh, so I, as anyone would uh i went down to the ground as i got my hand on my gun this guy had already peeled out and took off uh and dazed and confused me kind of starts you know putting the pieces together trying to figure out all right you know what's next what do i do trying to get on my radio got obviously you know a gun in one hand and trying to operate a radio with my left hand well <clears throat> my left hand had been completely obliterated also right now uh, it it went through my hand and broke every single metacarpal across the top of my knuckles. Uh, so trying to operate a, a, a lapel mic with, you know, a hand that won't work. It was just all, all the fingers were floppy. There was no muscle function. Uh, couldn't get it out. Was, was able to somehow wedge my thumb on the mic uh, long enough to get a message out. Uh, and then just kind of, just kind of waited. I mean, my, my area that I work, I was, uh, I want to say probably a good 30 minutes from any backup. Uh, the nearest, <clears throat> the nearest EMS station that would have been responded was 30 minutes, uh, roughly. This is where the, this is where the, uh, the twist in the story is, is, if you can't kind of take it that way, this is the part that people get shock and awe at, uh, aside from the survival 
aspect of it is um, <clears throat> I have a, I grew up in the county I work in. I've been here all my life. One of my buddies, a childhood buddy, I've known him since we were in kindergarten, uh, is also a deputy with me. Uh, and he lives in this in my southern uh, section that I patrol. Uh, he happened to be, he's off, he was off duty, he was off, happened to be outside uh, preparing his vehicle for the next shift that morning uh, to come on to day shift. And so it's nine o'clock at night, he's out there, you know, cleaning the trash out and getting ready for the next, you know, his next 12 hours. Well, he hears this traffic stop, uh, and hears, you know, everything kind of go down. And he was able to actually respond to me quicker than anybody else was because he was already in that area and lives there. Uh, and on any, any given night, you know, he, Probably wouldn't have been outside in his patrol car with his radio on while he's off duty. But. So he heard it on the radio. We're going to take a short break. We're talking with Deputy Troy Anderson, who is on medical leave, shot multiple times, including in the face. When we return, we're going to talk more about the incident, his long road for recovery, and you'll understand more about why he's a walking, talking miracle. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Are you wondering where you can find more great podcasts? Head to letradioshow.com, click Be Heard, and discover other fantastic podcasts like this one. Also available on our free app, all at letradioshow.com. We're all over social media. Be sure to like and follow our Facebook page, Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. We're on Twitter. Follow us at LET Radio Show Podcast. And on Instagram, look for LET Radio Show Podcast. Of course, don't forget our website, letradioshow.com. See you there. This is Law Enforcement Today Show Return Conversation with Deputy Troy Anderson. A deputy in Florida currently on medical leave. He was shot multiple times during what was supposed to be a routine traffic stop. For winter break, Troy, you're, you're talking about, and I, I'm, I'm knowing the drill. And for those who don't know, we're taught specific things in policing. And one is you walk up, you check the trunk if it's a car, you check the back if it's a van, whatever it might be, and make sure someone doesn't come out and surprise you. At night, you have a flashlight in your non-gun hand. You stay as close to the body of the vehicle as possible to, to eliminate sight probability in case they pull out a gun. You did all the things right, and yet this guy still shot you. And was there anything, as you look back, I know hindsight's twenty twenty. is there anything as you yeah. look back to it and say, oh, that was a red flag that I didn't notice? Uh, there, you know, I, I've had plenty of time to think about it, and as, as far as the way that I uh, I was trying to interact with him, I, I did everything that I always do. I keep it very routine, you know, for safety reasons. Uh, and as I sit and think back, the only thing that sticks out in my mind that didn't at the exact moment was uh, he had his left hand on his kneecap. Uh, he was sitting in the car straight up and had his left hand on his knee, but his right hand was down like kind of between his thighs hanging over the front of the seat. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and, you know, of course, hindsight, like you said, uh, that being his gun hand, it, it, it at the time it didn't occur to me that there was anything, you know, as the ordinary, cause he turned and looked at me, you know, we made eye contact and then, uh, at that point, the fight was on, whether I wanted it or not. And I had, had I had I 
seen that hand, maybe things would have been different. I mean, either way, in my heart, I believe there was going to be there was going to be rounds exchanged that night. You know, one way or another. It was just Sometimes, yeah, I, I used to think that I was just a really good cop. And I, I, as older I get, the more I realize there were so many close calls <laughs> that yeah. people who are really good cops got shot and killed. And I didn't. And I don't know the, the answers to why. I, I just accept this is a second chance of life. And it sounds like a deal with you. There's nothing you could have done different is what I'm getting at. Because so many people yeah, are like, yeah. well, you should have done this. You should have done that. Here's one of the things I hate, Troy, is the so-called tactical experts will come out and say, well, if I was there, I'd have done this. All braggadocious. And I always apply, you weren't there. So shut it. You really don't know. You really don't know what you're going to do until it's happening. And one of the things you said earlier is that you didn't really have a chance to be afraid or fear for your life. It was like, okay, I've got to go into life-saving mode. I need to get help. Oh, yeah. And that's that's one of the things that uh, <clears throat> I hear a lot of people, especially in the you know the tactical training world. They're like, you know, you're training and it'll take over. And in my mind that night, I, I, as I thought about it, I was like, not really. The you know human instinct to, takes over more than you know your tactical training. It's never bad to have tactical training to fall back to if you know need be. But my what my human instinct was was okay. I need to get me safe, and you know. The threat is gone. I watched the threat drive away, so now it's you know I know that I'm in a zone where I can, you know, handle handle myself, and uh, that's that's pretty much what I did. I, I it doesn't sound very heroic, but it's you know you go into survival mode, and you're like you know what I'm I'm making it through this, and I, I never once had a doubt. I never once saw the light, you know, as they say, right. or my life didn't flash before my eyes. I mean, it was never anything that grim. It was just kind of. Okay, now it's time to work. <laughs> the closest experience I had to that was, was a guy trying to shoot me with my service weapon while I was still in my hand. And the thought came to my mind that this guy's trying to kill me. And I remember clearly thinking, I'm going to die, but it won't be tonight, and it won't be because of him. And I'll do whatever it takes to survive. Yeah. And I, there were some expletives in the thought process as well that wasn't, you know, you can't repeat on radio. But there were certain things. <laughs> And that brought out a side of me. I got to be honest with you, Troy, that it's not something I was prepared for. There's a, and I I say it all the time, a primordial anger that takes over. And I think that's part of the the protection to to survive. Oh, it it certainly is. That's my, uh, everybody I talked to from my incident who showed up on scene while I was there, I I kept asking them, you know, because it's kind of foggy. And I would ask about parts of the story to my buddies that responded and, all they could tell me was like, man, you were just mad. You were just mad. And I was like, you know, at who? And they were like, you're just mad that the situation happened. And you're mad at this guy who shot you. And you just had this anger that was just, all you kept doing was slamming your fist on the ground and, you know, swearing and mad that you got shot. And I was like, well, that's like you said, you know, that anger just comes and it's just part, part of it, I think. And I know the area where this happened, and we're not saying the the county or the agency, but you're correct. It's a very rural area. And right away, people have the conception violent crime doesn't happen in these rural areas. It does. Uh, Life and death situations don't happen in these rural areas. It does. And we do come across hardcore violent criminals in these areas as well. But one of the things you said that I'm a retired city cop and help was like, a mile away, I mean, minutes. You said yeah. backup was 30 minutes away. 
you really are on your own if things turn south on a traffic stop. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, an eye opener <clears throat> when you when you talk to guys from different agencies who have you know a guy within a minute or a mile of them or that have three or four shift partners. My shift. Uh, our county's maybe twelve to fourteen hundred square miles, and a shift, one single shift, one twelve-hour shift. We have three deputies working that entire area. One that roves in between the two, and then one per each north and south. <clears throat> so basically, once you split that in half, you consider you have one guy, occasionally two, working a five hundred square mile radius uh, by himself. You know, so it's it's. It's dangerous, but at the same time, it's necessary. It's the right. only way for you, it to function. You gotta have, you gotta have law enforcement there. I, I always say this: <clears throat> you know, there's not criminals in my family, but if, if I call for a medical need, I've got an aunt or an uncle or a mother visiting. More than likely, the first people to show up are going to be law enforcement. They're closer usually, uh, and I want yeah. the best of the best to show up. So I got to applaud you for doing this, but I got to ask this, Troy. When did you become aware of how serious and severe the injuries were? Uh, not immediately. I uh, so what I did was I I kind of scooted back off the roadway, kind of got myself in the front of my patrol car, and I was kind of making my way to my patrol car. And I remember uh, I was on my hands and knees, and I was trying, and I kept trying to walk on my hands and knees to stand up, and my left hand kept giving out, and I. At the time, my brain was not wrapping my head around the fact that my hand would not work. It was, you know, everything in my brain is telling my hand to do something, and it's not. And then as I was looking down at the ground, uh, I could see the blood uh, coming out of my face, coming out of my mouth and going, you know, between my hands as I'm, you know, prone on the ground here. And uh, one of my, kind of one of my survival instinct tactics, whatever you want to call it, kicked in was, I knew at that point that I had been hit in the head somewhere. And what I did was I, I started counting the drips. I started counting the drips and then uh, trying to correlate that with the t- amount of time in between drips. Oh, my goodness. We're going to take a short break. Uh, of the blood. We are talking with Deputy Troy Anderson, shot multiple times on a car stop, including in the face. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. When we return, we're going to talk more about the incident, his injuries, his recovery, and more. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey, folks, when you have a chance, check out our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. When you get there, click like and follow. That's click, like, and follow Law Enforcement Today Radio Show on Facebook. I am Meg Marie O'Rourke from Harmony with Food. Do you ever wonder what foods you should or should not be consuming based on your own unique needs? At Harmony with Food, we are now able to determine exactly what foods we should or should not be consuming through advanced testing. Test, don't guess is the motto at Harmony with Food's BioUnique Boutique program. It has never been easier than now to determine what food, drinks, and supplements you need for your individualized needs. Head over to harmonywithfood.com and and click on the testing tab. This is a Law Enforcement Today show. I'm John J. Wiley. Return our conversation with Deputy Troy Anderson. Contact us from Florida. He is on medical leave. He was shot during a car stop February of 2022. Shot multiple times, and including once in the face. So I want people to understand something. You're going to hear Troy clearing his throat periodically that's a result 
of the injuries. I got to tell you, Troy, it's amazing to me. And I, I, I was not there. I did not see what happened. And I thank God I wasn't. But the fact that you're able to have a conversation about this as clearly as you are, just enunciating the words, considering the amount of injuries you had, is phenomenal. And the fact that you can talk about it mentally and emotionally is is impressive as well. So my hat's off to you. And I I know you've had a lot of help, and we'll get to that part in a moment. Before we went to break, you you talked about you became aware of how serious this was. You were you were bleeding pretty severely from the face. Your hand wasn't working. The vest one, I'm, you probably were aware that you got shot in the vest, but that one was not your priority. At what point did you realize, man? Once you got the 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 way to to make the radio work and ask for help, were you able to even talk? Uh, I was. So I, I was able to make a couple uh, a couple radio transmissions that were kind of. Uh, understandable but you know slightly gargled due to the damage to my face but i was able to radio out and say you know hey i've been shot multiple times uh and i kind of they kind of jumped on the radio and you know my, my dispatchers are top notch so they they sat there and you know stay with us you know they kept talking to me the entire time you know checking on me and i would answer back you know hey i'm i'm okay i'm okay i'm fine right now i'm okay uh so i mean i, I was I knew I was hurt, but I also knew that I was going to be okay. And uh, being able to, to communicate with my dispatchers, who are also good friends of mine, uh, and have them, you know, they're talking to keep me keep me paying attention uh, more than anything, I guess, was uh, a good part of the experience for me. The guy who shot outcome, you, rather. the guy who shot you, we're not going to say his name. I don't believe in doing that. He, from no. what I understand, he had prior convictions for uh, sex offenses against children, a lot of other things, and he was shot and killed by a homeowner trying to break into someone's house shortly after the incident. Am I correct? Yep, yep. So as soon as he left me, he uh, he took off into one of our one of our unincorporated uh small areas and uh pulled into somebody's driveway turned his lights off and then uh sat there and then eventually at some point uh, i don't know the time time frame on that obviously uh different scene but he tried to make entry into the home and uh there's one thing you know about being out in the south you don't try and break into somebody's no. home around here there's a, there's a, a florida police chief and a, and a sheriff <laughs> that said look this is not the place to break into people's houses they're all armed here and yeah I, look i don't blame them one bit uh, and i believe the homeowner was injured as well but the, the the guy who shot you he uh met his maker and i'm sure he was judged appropriately I want to transition to the, the part about this. I'm getting goosebumps as we sit here and think about it, Troy, is that you're alive. You're talking about this. I've had guys I worked with that one guy in particular named Gene Cassidy, who was shot in the back of the head. We never expected him to survive. He survived, but he doesn't have any recollection of the incident. Uh, you have clear wow. recollection of the incident. The fact that this nine millimeter hit you in the lip, destroyed your teeth, destroyed your jaw, went through the back of your your neck and exited, and you're here to talk about it, blows my mind. That's a testament not only to you, your determination to to live, but also the medical staff, because I'm sure the ambulance transported you to the closest medical facility, correct? Uh, They did. Well, I was actually 
Yeah, it was kind of in an in-between area. Uh, my town does have a hospital, but they don't do a whole lot of trauma. So uh, my options were either go to Gainesville or to uh, Tallahassee. Uh, and where I was, I was closer to Gainesville by uh, you know slight margin, but by maybe a uh, mile. Maybe. Yeah, because I know where you're talking about. It wasn't really like it's all work. Yeah. We're three quarters away the there. Day. They put me on an ambulance and uh, took me to uh, an airport in a neighboring town and then flew me trauma helicopter to Shans. Uh, and shout out to those guys because they, they, do phenomenal they are top stuff. notch. They are phenomenal. Those, those pilots, those, those medics on those choppers are just amazing. People need to understand how talented and committed our EMTs are, our first responders, our firefighters, our flight helicopter pilots are law enforcement and how well educated they are it's so easy to pass judgment especially when knuckleheads and criminals behind the badge do criminal things in other areas we're not yep. going to talk about that I, I really want to get to you. you you got were you conscious during this flight or did you go out i was conscious i actually uh stood up from my uh from my patrol vehicle and walked to the ambulance got in the ambulance uh, stepped up in it myself, um, and I, I was conscious the entire time. Uh, before, right before they put me on the on the helicopter, it was about a, we'll say about a twenty minute ride, fifteen minute ride to the helicopter. Um, and I know all the EMTs and medics I work with, and I was, you know, normal me trying to cut up with them and joking and laughing, and you know they're telling me to shut up because my yeah, face is falling shut up apart. and sit down. <laughs> I, I'm sitting here they're thinking like, to myself. Stop talking, man. <laughs> Troy, I'm sitting here thinking and to myself, like, how many people in crime scenes, especially domestics, were severely injured? They didn't know it, and they're screaming, and we're like, dude, you need to sit down. You need, because yeah, you exactly. like, your, your neck is wide open. Stop. Yeah, and I'm that guy. I was, you know, talking and hollering and carrying on cracking jokes, and then as we got as we got to the helicopter, they uh, they finally told me, they're like, look, you have to shut up. Oh, my Please gosh. stop talking. Oh. We're about to innovate you, and we're going to put you unconscious, and I... I I was like, all right, cool, you know, thumbs up, do whatever you got to do. And then uh, they, they did their thing, flew me in, and I uh, I think they kept me under for three days. I woke up three days later in chance. So but, but between them telling me to shut up and waking up, I was, you know, it was a whole new world. <laughs> How many surgeries have you had as a result of this? <laughs> so I had, I think I had two on my, on my left hand, and I've had two on my uh, jaw. And you still got more heading your way. Uh, most likely, I've got to have some uh, dental work that's probably going to involve some surgical uh, stuff, uh, just because of the the way that uh, my face has been reshaped slightly. Uh, what, what the surgery on on my face has been uh, reconstructive work, uh, trying to you know get things back in the right position because uh, a bullet, as small as it may be. It really changes the you know topography of things after it goes right. through. So uh, just figuring that out and, and getting that all right. And I just had uh, this past Friday actually I had my my second reconstructive jaw and facial surgery. Uh, and yet can, here you are they, talking on the phone on the Law Enforcement Today show. <laughs> yeah, and I'm 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 back to a normal diet, eating the way I was because for the the entire year before this past surgery, I was on a on a soup diet. Uh, my jaw was pretty much wired shut. I had, I think, 10 millimeters of opening from from my mouth, so I couldn't even fit hardly 
I straw the sip out of between you know in, in, in my mouth. So it's been a it's been an interesting you know week here learning that oh you can open your mouth all the way and bite into a cheeseburger now after a year of not doing it. <laughs> Look, it may seem small and we may take it for granted. And your your story is a perfect example of why we all, myself included, need to really embrace a life we have instead of wishing or being jealous of someone else's life, be appreciative of the life we have and have a little bit of gratitude. And by the way, gratitude, I was always taught, is an action not a noun. Gratitude is a verb. It's it's you show with your actions how grateful you are for the life you have today. This is the Law Enforcement Today show. We're talking with Deputy Troy Anderson on medical leave. He was shot multiple times, including once in the face. When we return, we're going to talk more about his recovery. Some amazing stuff heading away on the Law Enforcement Today show. We'll be right back. If you're on the Clubhouse drop-in audio chat app, be sure to look for me and follow me. My name's John, the letter J, Wiley, W-I-L-E-Y. You can also search for at L-E-T Radio Show. That's John J. Wiley, W-I-L-E-Y, at L-E-T Radio Show on the Clubhouse drop-in audio chat app. This is John J. Wiley on the Law Enforcement Today Show. We're turning a conversation with Deputy Troy Anderson. He's on medical leave from uh, the Law Enforcement Agency, uh, Sheriff's Department in Florida. He was shot in February of 2022 on a car stop multiple times, including once in the face. And the fact that, Troy, you can talk to us at all is amazing. And, and, and the, the miracle of this is not lost on me at all. One of the things that besides the physical recovery, and I know you've got a lot more to do, is the fact that you can talk about this. How difficult has it been for you to talk about the, the this incident with the emotional aspect and mental aspect of what happened? It, uh, it's, it, it definitely takes a toll. Uh, you, it's one of those things where I, I've, I've thought about it, and I've thought about it, and I, you know, alone, I've thought about it, you know, in, in my own free time. And then I've thought about it while, you know, voicing it with other people, uh, you know, as a therapy type of thing. And, and what I've come come to deal with and is talking about it is not, not a negative thing. People want to assume that it's a negative thing or a traumatic thing. And I mean, it is a very traumatic situation. It's a horrible situation. Uh, and nobody should have to go through that. But what I tell people is, uh, that is what I, signed up for um, that I'm, I'm not upset that it happened. I'm not mad. I'm not, I have no Ill, Ill feelings towards the situation because I knew that day when I put on my uniform, loaded my canine partner up and we went to do what we do, that it was a distinct possibility. And I was, I signed up to take that risk. That's my job. Uh, and that's, that's how I look at it from a mental perspective is I was just doing my job. And unfortunately, that's the downside of my job right there is sometimes people, you know, there's bad people out there and sometimes I'm the first to come in contact with sometimes. the majority of the time. Yeah. I, I thought I knew what I signed up for. I tell people this all the time. I had no idea how violent it was and how traumatic it was going to be. And that violence quite often is directed towards me, but this is not my story. This is yours. And I get what you're saying, Troy. I really do. 
and my hat's off to you for for sharing this you, you've got to get down sometime sometime during recovery you had to say oh no you know what was me i don't want to do this anymore how'd you deal with that when it occurred i have had that i've had that quite a lot uh i've had those moments of doubt where you know oh, i'm not going back to work or you know i'm never going to live a normal life you know because my face is disfigured or my hand is disfigured a little you know, and then and then I, like, like you said, you kind of sit back and you're like, you know what? I got to look at the bigger picture here. You got, you got to really think about it and be like, I'm alive. There's a lot of better cops out there who didn't make it. Right. You know, and it's, it, it's an insult for them to, for, for me to sit here and be sad about myself, you know, still alive. How, oh gosh, you know, how, how hard it must be. And, you know, there's, uh, there's families I've, and I've went and spoken to families directly who have lost an officer and, that that kind of helps me put it into perspective that like you know what when I'm being down like that it's me being selfish it's me thinking about me instead of looking at the bigger picture my family still has me you know I get to come home and see my wife you know you know my my brothers and sisters and father and you know my even my coworkers the 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 traumatic experience you know that I had they had right they had to go through this and it, none of us like hearing that call you know, that one of our own guys was hurt. So, you know, it, and anytime I get down it, I try and convince myself, you know what, you're just being selfish. There's a bunch of people out there who still, you know, who still came out in a better situation or worse situation. And, um, I, and I've talked to a lot of other guys, cops who have been injured and, you know, it, it just, it, it just helps to have other guys also to talk to. Yeah. Um, that, that I won't understand that I've been there. I won't say his name, but I spoke to a guy who uh, ultimately is what led me led me to you. Uh, great guy, phenomenal guy who's been through a very similar experience. And talking to him and and just having somebody to talk to that can relate to your situation, if you ever find yourself in one of these situations, it's my my advice. Is that's it? You can find somebody that you can actually talk to and understand. That's the guy you need. When it comes to a lot of people, yeah. When it comes to the the emotional, mental healing, the scarring is going to be there. Uh, we learn to, to live with it one way or the other. But the the physical part, like the the staff at Shan's Hospital, I, I mean, you don't have time in this interview to thank all the doctors and nurses and physical therapists and <laughs> and occupational therapists yeah. and speech therapists. I know you got something you want to say about them and to them. I do, uh, and I've. I, I spent a lot of time at Shans. I still do, obviously, uh, during this recovery. But uh, those people, uh, I, I, I wish some of them could hear this, you know, and, and understand that what they do, it really does matter. Like to to be the best at what you do really matters in in situations, uh, and not just to keep people alive, but for final outcome. I would not be in as good a shape as I am now if my surgeons and my nurses and stuff did not take care of me as good as they, they did. Uh, and that matters. So my hat's off to Shans. Those people, when it, when it comes to patient care and making sure that long-term that the patient is going to um, come out okay, that's, that's what matters. It really does. And you're also a canine deputy, and you've got a special shout-out for a, an organization that I had on the show, Debbie Johnson from Canines United. She was on quite a while ago. I do. Uh, Miss Debbie is top-notch people. Uh, her and her group that she works with, and Jay Nix, 
They are phenomenal. Uh, I, I've had the opportunity to work with them a couple times uh, since being injured uh, and being off and having all this time. Uh, being able to talk to them, uh, I, I went to one of their events recently. They had a, one of their first annual uh, canine competitions, and they allowed me to compete in that. Uh, even though I'm out of work, I'm you know I'm still on leave and injured. They allowed me and my dog to come compete in that and, and have a good time. And the stuff that she's done for small agencies – uh, canine wise for equipment and stuff like that is, is just amazing. And, uh, having met them and, and whatnot and being in a small agency and needing equipment and stuff like that, I think that her organization is important. And the fact that they allowed me and my dog, you know, injured and, you know, still recovering to come, come work with them is, is just, it really hits me, uh, in a soft spot in my heart. What is your dog's name? Uh, he's canine Atlas. Atlas. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm a big dog person, but I've never worked canine, and I tell people all the time, because of my luck, I'd have a dog that would never shut up. It'd be barking in my <laughs> ears nonstop, and I'd be losing it. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, uh, a whole new world. When I when I was new, I was like, oh, man, I want to work canine, I want to work in, and then as soon as I got into canine work, I was like, wow, this is a lot more than I <laughs> A lot of work. It's a big commitment. And uh, yeah. one of the things that you, you stressed a, a little bit about, I really didn't comprehend. And being a dog person, I didn't really comprehend the special needs of our canines. There's a group or a company that's been helping you a lot along the way, too. Yeah. Uh, so I, I work uh, in, in a small town and I, ironically, one of the the major companies who makes equipment for police canines and, and uh, uh, even military canine usage is called American Aluminum, uh, and they're here they're in our our town, uh, and they have been just stand up guys as far as making sure that uh, my dog is taken care of, my my vehicle is taken care of, uh, making sure that the safety equipment for the dog is better, the safety equipment for me as the handler is better to, you know, to access. Uh, and they, they've been, they've stepped up a lot, uh, as a local company to help a local guy with his dog. Uh, and they, they deserve a shout out. So American aluminum, uh, if you're in the law enforcement game and you're getting into a canine, uh, set up, call them. They will work with you. They will make it happen. And they, and it's, Safety-wise, the best equipment on the market. And, it really is. And by the way, if you if you're not in law enforcement and you've got a dog, I, I would check them out as well. It's American Aluminum. Troy, I got to thank you so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Show, telling your story. And please, I know that you are in the whole medical leave, the workers' compensation thing, which can be a grind in and of itself. Please let me know what the status, what the outcome of your case is, because it's still is yet to be determined and uh, please please get in touch and, and stay in touch and we're not that far Definitely. from each other but i appreciate everything and don't forget you are a walking talking miracle well i appreciate it and i i'm honored to to be able to tell my story uh, on your show here it's, it's it's been amazing i'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the law enforcement today radio show The Law Enforcement Today radio show is a nationally syndicated radio show broadcast on numerous stations once a week and growing. If you enjoyed the podcast version of the show, please do me a big favor. Tell a friend. 
I'll be back in just a couple days with a brand new episode of the Law Enforcement Today radio show and podcast. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. See ya.